0: you wanna you wanna do stuff, yeah, sure uh, I don't feel like doing whenever. a I, I don't be... feel like doing an intro. Can we just like hello, we're here now. hi, this is the start. <laughs> this is the start. it's a mini so it's it's casual. hey, I'm Ellie. that's hello. Lauren.
1: welcome to our <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> this is staying in this no cuts
0: it's a mini so this is bad. <laughs>
1: no i was gonna say hello welcome to our very casual mini episode um yeah uh i'm lauren this is ellie yo uh yeah it's gonna be very casual Um, i am wearing sweatpants that is how we usually
0: are it's so casual i'm wearing sweatpants and no bra that's that's how casual uh (laughs) i'm wearing leggings with pockets oh hell yeah uh i i want to tell you about a cool lady can i tell you about a cool lady lauren yeah, I that that is why I'm here. I was trying to make it like a thing.
1: I was trying to make it like <laughs> a. I didn't mean to make it sound like I didn't want to fucking be here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Too late, you've done it. So, I'm gonna tell you about. So I'm sorry, about a lady. I'm sorry. I really want to hear. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you about a lady named Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. But before I tell okay. you about Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, I'm going to tell you about human impact on the Everglades so the Everglades for those uninitiated or don't live in the United States is just this huge marsh um on the southern basically the whole southern half of Florida is the Everglades or at least it was uh and as early as the 1800s politicians wanted to drain the Everglades because of course they did uh yeah actually
1: people didn't really oh I guess like brief history lesson um, hell yeah people didn't really uh value swamps and wetlands as much in uh the olden days no they, they just thought they, they were because they didn't really know what they did yeah they, they didn't just really thought know what oh that's bad that's shitty
0: land them. that we're gonna develop it's got mosquitoes on it it sucks it's gotta go so at the time yeah, to give
1: you some some idea <laughs> okay to give you some idea of it virginia has a swamp in it um that was named I don't really know when, the but Great a long dismal time ago, like probably like seven, yeah, it's called the Great Dismal Swamp. So that gives you some idea <laughs> of how they thought about that kind of land. Yeah, not. Anyway, go ahead. They,
0: they were wrong. <laughs> so at
1: the time. I just wanted to offer some perspective.
0: I have tried to start the sentence so many times. Yeah, you're not in trouble. I'm just joking. Uh, so draining wetlands was the proper thing to do at the time. It was just like what you did. It was part of your procedure. So they started draining with a series of canals, and that didn't even work well because the, ca- uh, the canals just would overflow because there's so much goddamn water. Uh, but the canals themselves allowed like transport around the region, so it actually did attract people to settle there. So then you get mm-hmm. development. So when more and more people were showing up, the white settlers started overtaxing the ecosystem and ah. Uh, for example, one hunter killed 250 alligators. That is so that's so many. Why would you do that? That is a lot. Why would you want to kill them though? They're like little dragons. There's a lot of alligators in Florida, but Yeah.
1: still like still today there are a lot, but that's still a lot.
0: Uh, They also hunted their birds for their plumage, and 500, sorry, whoops, 5 million birds were killed in 1886 alone. In one year, 5 million birds were killed. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. So, governor, and this is a real name, I can't believe it, but it's a real name, Governor Napoleon Bonaparte Brower. Is a person who existed. No way. His first name is no not way. Governor. It's Napoleon Bonaparte Brower. I'm not joking. It was on the Wikipedia. Oh my God. <laughs> so he said, "Drain the- that abominable pestilence-ridden swamp." That was a quote from him uh, in 1904 okay. during his campaign, and he won his campaign. I, I-, I think you have something to yeah. say about his name or what he said. I'm not sure which.
1: I have like a. I have a couple of things to say. Number one, I literally. I- can't. get a better name you make a lot of people people make fun of like the way that we name modern babies but like oh my god people just <laughs> in the olden times you just sort of did whatever and it was fine i guess
0: um <laughs> you just hey you know that guy that got fucking like exiled to some shit island what if i named my child that and he became the governor of florida like what <laughs> yeah
1: and then the other thing i will say is like pestilence ridden swamp so swamps uh As you know, if you live near any sort of water, uh, harbor a lot of mosquitoes. So that's probably what they were referring to. I imagine malaria was a problem. Anyway, continue.
0: I don't think, had they made that connection yet? I don't know. I'm not an epidemiologist. Anyway, so guess why this guy had this idea? Was it because of the mosquitoes? Do you think it's because he was a free thinker? He thought had this thought? No he was paid by a land developer to have that stance in his campaign. Naturally. Oh, whoop. So that was in 1904, by the way. In 1926 and 1928, there were huge floods. Um, Almost like if you fuck with the hydrology of a system, it'll fuck it up. Uh, So Lake Okeechobee, which is the big lake in Florida, it's just a big circle, uh, had a bunch of levees around it as a result of his campaign and they were breached and the flood killed thousands of people so okay you know, I know.
1: bad land yeah, i'm not terribly shocked it's sad no. but i'm not terribly shocked
0: it's 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 awful it's not shocking at all any w- water resource engineer could tell you if you fuck with the the environment in a shitty way it'll do that uh because re- I, I don't have reasons for you uh, lauren can you put the reasons in words if you have all of
1: this water, so the way that um, I believe that this is true of most of Florida is the way that it was a wetland is like you would have sheet flow is what we call it. So basically, um, when it would rain, you would have just like sheets of water going through yeah. grass and that was your wetland. So um, because of that, it, it meant like that's why basically all of South Florida was a wetland. Um is because not because all of it had a lot of standing water but um that's the kind of rain flow that they that the land was um i suppose evolved to have
0: <laughs> as someone who has gone to summer camp in Florida uh they get so much rain all the time <laughs> every day like clockwork 3 pm it rains for an hour yeah
1: but like if you are trying to channelize that flow um it's it's really hard to do because you have to like basically grade the entire land because like all of it was just fla- was just flowing over like this,
0: fl- like the flat, flat expanse of the land. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so now you're trying to gradate the land to get it to flow into your channel. And then you also have to size the channel correctly.
0: Um, and when you say and- grade eight, you just mean like change the slope of the land. Yes. Okay. People don't know what, th- I-, I only knew what that meant from context. I can only imagine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a challenging thing to do, and they certainly could not have done it for the entire state without no. a lot of investment. And
0: so what they lot, actually did of math is they put a big wall around the south part of Okeechobee and said this will do it. The problem with doing that is it's just where's the water going to go during a flood event? They didn't plan for that contingency. Is basically what we're trying to say. So mm-hmm. President Hoover ordered the Army Corps of Engineers to deal with flooding. So in 1930 through 37 huge uh, <laughs> sentence a huge dike was built along Okeechobees southern edge and oh I guess there were other there were already dikes there, but they built an even bigger one um, okay. and a huge 80 foot wide canal built was built to funnel flood water away. so they were like, okay, we've learned from our mistakes let's funnel this water away. They spent. 20 million dollars on this project and in in case you're wondering i googled it and that is 311 million dollars in today's uh adjusted for inflation uh so the question i'm sure is on your mind is did the flooding measures work did they learn from their lesson and fix it almost certainly not they actually worked too well they so water the the whole thing about Uh, water management is you want to account for like the natural flows and still allow those to happen without disrupting them right that's what causes the flooding Mm -hmm. and whatever so before they had disrupted the natural flow and made it easier to flood they now so they said okay fuck it we'll over-engineer this they completely stopped the flow between the lake and the surrounding everglades so water couldn't naturally exchange between them and that just meant that the area around Okeechobee turned to complete dust. Peat turned to dust is a quote I have in my notes. Um, and so there was a huge drought in that area. I didn't realize that, like, I
1: guess it makes sense that Okeechobee would have been, like, right up on the peatland. Is
0: Yeah. Is that what that's called? I, I guess. <laughs> so there was this whole thing where it basically went super dry in that area. There were fires. Uh, one hundred. Sorry, I keep saying one hundred when I say well, I mean to say one million. One million acres in 1939 alone burned. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, Pete's good fuel. <laughs> it's true. It's really good at burning. It has like one job. Basically, the government can't stop fucking this up, right? Enter our hero, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, who I will now refer to as Douglas, and not by her first name because that is sexist, and people need to stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> it's a thi- it's a thing in academia and articles and stuff anyway some background info on douglas quote she stood at five feet two inches also known as 1.5 meters and weighed 100 pounds or 45 kilograms and was always immaculately dressed in pearls a floppy straw hat and gloves unquote i immaculately in your floppy straw hat yes Just a true badass. Uh, She read a lot as a kid, and she loved to write. Uh, And this is my favorite thing. It has nothing to do with it. I just couldn't not include it. She married and divorced a con man who was 30 years her senior. Oh, (laughs) like on purpose? No, she found out he was a con man. (laughs) Divorced. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you, you have to know why I asked. So yeah, this was in the early 1900s. So luckily her father uh owned a newspaper called the Miami Herald. Ever heard of it? I don't know. So she started working for them. Uh she worked in the for the Miami Herald in the 1910s and she made up stories on slow days and she did not like the job very much. <laughs> uh for example, she made up when she she was just like a um like a lifestyle basically a lifestyle blogger but like in the 1910s so she once made up someone called Mrs. T.Y. Roshrag (laughs) because she was bored at her job and (laughs) she's just a truly like humorous person Uh, so I have a quote here from the Wikipedia article about her quote Douglas was given an assignment in 1916 to write a story on the first woman from Miami to join the U.S. Naval Reserve when the woman did not show up for the interview Douglas herself joined the Navy as a yeoman first class it did not suit her. <laughs> she disliked rising early and her superiors did not appreciate her correcting their grammar. So she requested a discharge and joined the American Red Cross, unquote, stationed in Paris. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she, This woman just rocks up to the Navy because someone was rude to her, joins the Navy, finds that they're all rude and leaves. <laughs> um, Incredible. So, Once she was done in Paris during, um, I believe it was World War I, uh, she returned to the United States and back to her old job, became a columnist and editor. So she got a promotion. And what's really cool is this is the beginning of her advocacy. She encouraged responsible urban planning in her column. Uh, So that was cool. She talked about important issues. Uh unfortunately she did also moonlight to write copy for the development companies she would later work against in the Everglades. So oops. But I don't blame her. She needed money. Though she does she does she did say she regretted doing it. So on to the meat of this issue. Not issue. On to the meat of this episode. We're gonna talk about her activism. So in nineteen twenty eight, the Everglades Tropical National Park Association is was founded. Uh basically the idea was to protect this area, we gotta make it a park. She joins this association okay. right away. She was 38 at the time. Uh, and in order to drum up interest in the park and its plight, she, once it became a park, she wrote the book, The Everglades, Rivers of Glass, published in 1947. And it was the result of five years of research on ecology and the geologic history of South Florida. Um, she learned that oh. South uh, Florida actually only has one aquifer, the Biscayne Aquifer, and that the Everglades are the source of its water. Uh Okay. It was a smash success. It sold out its first print in a one month. And I, yeah, isn't that crazy?
1: Everyone wanting to know about aquifers.
0: Yeah, look at her go. And I I have a clip so you can uh, hear some of her prose. I'm slowing down. We're going to read real good. Okay. (laughs) Cattlemen's grass fires roared uncontrolled. Cane field fires spread crackling and hissing in the sawgrass in vast waves and pillars and billowing mountains of heavy cream colored purple shadowed smoke. Training planes fly over the glades, dropped bombs or cigarette butts, and the fires exploded in the hearts of the drying hammocks and raced on before every wind, leaving only blackness. There was no water in the canals with which to fight the fires. Sweet- oops- the sweet- su- <laughs> the sweet water the rock had held was gone, or had shrunk far down to its strange holes and cleavages, unquote. That part's less good, but- <laughs> i don't like
1: that part
0: i don't like the strange holds and cleavages part very much (laughs) but back then that's just that cleavages meant cleavage plane like in geology so this book full of prose with five years of research it fired up the public's uh, support for the everglades uh so there was actually a lot of support in the 40s and 50s but despite this during the 1960s The Everglades was in danger due to poor management of its water and land use. I'm sure you're shocked. So wow. at age... Yeah, I'm sure you're shocked. At age 79, she campaigned hard against the construction of an airport in the Everglades. And because of all the opposition, Nixon actu- Nixon himself scrapped the airport idea. Nice. So once, right? What a badass. So once she won that battle, she turned her efforts towards restoration. How can we fix the problems we've caused? so uh one quote from her is conservation is now a dead word you can't conserve what you haven't got which is chilling to me by the way that's basically all of what we're saying um (laughs) you have to conserve it or we can't fix it yeah and this was in the 70s she was saying this shit or 60s even uh so remember those dikes and canals the army corps of engineers built uh douglas fucking hated those (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm sure you can imagine. So when she was uh, trying to, she was at an event where she was campaigning, like, basically for the removal of all this stuff. And she was giving a speech addressing the harmful practices of the Army Corps of Engineers when the colonel in attendance dropped his pen on the floor. And when he was stooping to pick it up, Douglas stopped her speech and said to him, Colonel, you can crawl under that table and hide, but you can't get away from me. (laughs) I love her so much oh my god so after the county approved building permits in the everglades the land flooded as it had for centuries because of all that sheet flow that lauren talked about it just does that it's a flooded area it's a wetland that's what it does she was the only person speaking in opposition to draining the area and everyone booed her when she was doing so and they but yet she was able to make the audience laugh can't you boo any louder than that she said oh my god uh um, oh, I love and her. So the wikipedia also described or i think this was wikipedia one of my sources <laughs> described it as she had a tongue like a switchblade and the moral authority to embarrass bureaucrats and politicians to make things happen god yeah hell yeah we need like 80 of her basically um <laughs> when reporters would ask dumb uninformed questions she snapped at them for not having read her book or doing their research god yes right and in 1993, Bill Clinton awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Legend. I don't know what that is, but cool. It's the highest civilian honor that you can receive. So, like, if oh. you're not in the military, it's the highest honor you can receive from the government. Oh, that's and cool. in 19, 19- yeah, it's sick. In 1998, she died, 108 years old. She's unkillable. Uh, she probably <laughs> well, just agreed nah, with the game but... reaper to go. She probably was just like, I guess I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, so she's 108 years old when she died. Her house is maintained by the Florida Park Service. Uh, and oh. I will I will leave you with this extremely excellent quote from her. It is a woman's business to be interested in the, in the environment. It's an extended form of housekeeping. I don't like that, but... I think it's oh, okay. cute. She, remember, she was born in like 1800-something. Like, yeah, that's fair. It, it's a very that's cute fair. thing. I thought it was cute. Anyway, that's... No, I
1: mean, I... <laughs> i appreciate like the comparison to housekeeping but that's also everyone's business so it's everyone's business
0: anyway i just thought it would be fun to tell you about this badass lady do you have any yeah, thoughts no. to close us out with
1: just that i love her right she's such a badass. did she only marry the con man like when she was like I, 18 or whatever i don't
0: know i only included that because it was so ridiculous i didn't really look that much into her so- uh <laughs> I didn't look that much into her personal life, but... Uh, okay, that's fair. That wasn't <laughs> the focus of this. I was just curious. Yeah. I, and I don't remember because I did this research a while ago. And by a while ago, I mean like, what, two weeks? But yeah, hey, yeah, that's the end of our mini-sode. It, we have been recording for less than half an hour. It's fantastic. Should we just do mini-sodes? <laughs> yeah, I <actually laughs> just pick really a topic. Yeah, should we just pick a topic, one of us pick a topic and just rant at the other one <laughs> for 20 minutes and call it a day? <laughs> for a while. Yeah. yeah,
1: well, I mean, it's going to be dependent on if we can find like something that's interesting, but still a short bite of information that's worth listening to and is interesting to listen to.
0: Yeah, well, I also think it would encourage us to publish content more because, you know, the amount of effort yeah. that goes into <laughs> publishing a full episode is a lot. So, yeah, yes. to cl- in closing, advocate for the environment, man. It's like housekeeping. We all got to do it. Yeah uh let's see we i i wanted to i have to record yeah we oh, i'm one of the idiots who lives here hey thanks thanks for listening to speaking for the trees our logo is by tyler c Hurst. thank you for making that for us uh, it's he's just tyler c Hurst on social media what else we got musics by kevin mcleod all know. musics by kevin mcleod he's the only musician honestly yeah really <laughs> i don't know what goes in an
1: outro that's
0: really it we we had it we had like a thing that we said i don't know if you still want to do it yeah well i don't remember it it's thanks Thanks for for hanging hanging out out with us yeah thanks for hanging out (laughs) with lauren and our (laughs) best friend earth (laughs) we can't come up with anything better
1: that outro (laughs) we're still gonna keep that outro it's fine too
0: lazy to come up with something better (laughs)
1: no I will never give it up it's perfect
0: (laughs) okay and finally uh bye and I love you thanks for listening Laura anyway I tell the audience that you love love you love earth (laughs) love you love earth all right good enough I'm gonna hit stop on my recording now (laughs) me too remember what we wanted to record you guys you can follow us at tree speaking on instagram and twitter we never post on there but you can follow it if you want okay bye